Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 89 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola and I am your host. I'm jumping out of my skin right now as I welcome my guest, Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia, Claude Silva, to the podcast. So where do I start? Claude holds the second most important position at VaynerMedia as Gary Vaynerchuk's right-hand woman. Handpicked for this role by the CEO himself, Claude understands what it means to connect heart and hustle. The chief heart officer is in touch with the heartbeat of every single person, over 800 people across five offices. At first glance, an overwhelming task to some, but for Claude, managing teams brings her peace. Through service leadership, Claude's passion is reaching millennials through mentorship. In this interview, she shares the importance of putting people first, her take on mental performance for employees, advice on how to make it to the top, and her journey through hardship that brought her to where she is today. So without further ado, let's welcome Claude to the Neuro Experience Podcast. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. I'm at VaynerMedia. It's been the fourth time that I've been here, but it's the first time in your office. Claude Silva, welcome to the Neuro Experience Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I've been following you avidly. I love everything about you. And I know, I know my audience is going to absolutely love um, everything they're going to tell us today. So before we get into it, I have to start with, how do you start your morning? I love that question. So I have a six-month-old daughter. Yes. Yes. So the way I start my day now is very different than I started it seven months ago. Yeah. (laughs) I get up around six. I try to do as much work as I possibly can and kind of just ground for the day. I have a glass of water. I drink a cup of coffee and then it's action jackson she gets up and i am mommy 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 oh wow it's um it's interesting because i interview a lot of people and then sometimes i bring them back and they're like okay so my morning routine's changed now that i've got a, a six month old yeah. you know you, they get they used to get time to meditate visualize do this you know do their hair and now they're work like out. yeah work out i mean yeah if i and if i don't get up at six and i get up at six thirty, well i only get 20 minutes for Claude. wow Welcome to motherhood. I know. I know. It's amazing, though. I love that. Um, So for the people who don't, because I I know you very well, um, for the people who don't know you, can you give us a brief background on, I guess, you and then your role here at VaynerMedia? Yeah, I'd love to. So my name's Claude Silver. I'm the Chief Art Officer here at VaynerMedia. I have been in the agency world or the digital space since 98. I studied to be a psychotherapist. I was an Outward Bound instructor. I was a surf instructor, and I found my way into this dark arts of digital. In 98, I was living in San Francisco, and I really never looked back. I knew that I would always be in the world of team building and, uh, and helping people remove roadblocks and, and really helping people to find their joy and their mm-hmm. purpose because I'm just so dedicated to that. And fortunately, through twists and turns and working at other big, big agencies around the world, I was able to do the work of a strategist while running big departments or teams. And so once upon a time, I then met Gary Vaynerchuk in August of uh, 2013. And it was like meeting my brother. And immediately it was like, oh, someone else that thinks like me in the world, belief in people, optimist. And by May of 
2014, he had moved me here. And mm-hmm. I started working here at Vayner. As a matter of fact, May 8th will be my fifth year anniversary. Vayniversary. Wow. <clears throat> Vayniversary because you weren't, you weren't in this department when you first started. Right. I was on client service department. Yes. So I was running large pieces of business, which mm-hmm. I had always done. And, uh, and then I came to Gary and said, thank you so much. This has been fantastic, wonderful. I'm no longer interested in the advertising world anymore. And he said, okay, what are you interested in? His, uh, that's his greatest question is, what do you want to do? And I said to him, I'm, I just want to be with people. I just care about the heartbeat of this place. And he said, cool, I need you to do it for 18 more months. And I mm. said, I don't have 18 months. Mm. So I actually left. I actually resigned um, in November of, uh, I can't remember the year at this point. And then four months later, we had breakfast. And he said, that's it. You're coming back. You're going to be chief heart officer. Wow. And I just, I knew what that was because I, you know, I've always been me. I was always, I was doing the role. Yeah. Uh, it is who I am. I've done the role. And it's just a phenomenal way to, I think, sum up what he and I are up to here, how we think about people and human beings and, uh, you know, and also my personality. So um, when we say chief heart op- uh, officer, we're, we're talking, a lot of people would say uh, HR. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's interesting because um, when I was reading a bit about your past, you know, you shared an interesting story, which I'd love for you to share again, um, around the age of 19 and you went yeah. on a bit of a quest. Yes, I sure did. <laughs> And it kind of because here's the thing, where, you know. I think when you look at it, for my background, I um, I was a I was a, an elite triathlete, and that was my path because you go through so much. And you know, people say, you know, how did you end up in New York City, or um, how did you do this? It's like, well, I had this light bulb moment when I was on a bike, and you know, you have a story at age 19, yeah. and where so yeah. So I had been in university for two years at that point. I was at Rollins College in Florida. Mm. And it just wasn't going well for a variety of reasons, personal reasons, academic reasons. And I left after my sophomore year and I told my parents I needed to find the longest outward bound I could go on to kick my ass. Mm. Like literally quote unquote. I knew that the outdoors would turn me around and get me centered. I knew that I needed to be as far away from people, you know, people, places and things. By the way, no cell phones. I mean, it was all snail mail. Um, and um, and I went on this outward bound course, which cha- which was life changing. I was the only woman out of nine guys. I mean, we're nineteen, so not, what do you call us, young people? Uh, each carrying eighty five pounds on our back, and you know, traversing up 14,000 foot mountains in Colorado, and rafting uh, class fives in the Grand Canyon, and you name it. it was you know ninety three days, showering every eighteen days. Oh my God! Every eighteen days. I mean, if you found a stream, you found some snow, whatever. But you know, no toilet paper. Like, no. This is like you had to go through the trenches. I had to literally. My mom says it to this day, like literally crawl. I I needed to crawl on my hands and knees to to emerge out of like a chrysalis I was in. You know, mm. to be very metaphorical, but I was in a, a you know dark place and. Um, and this really helped me. And I really think it is the first thing that was life-changing for me. It saved my life in many, many ways. Not that anything was going to happen to my life, but it saved my soul. It, it took me out of... It just took me out of despair. And it, it put me in a place of purpose. And I was very, very, very clear that my life was meant to be of service. Mm. 
and I was here to bring joy to the world. Mm-hmm. That is, those are the two things I knew coming out of that. And then the rest was up to me for the next, you know, decades and decades to figure that out. And what did you do from that until you landed here? Oh, gosh. I uh, eventually went back to university. I found a university, found a, a few schools that spoke to me that were experiential, mm-hmm. kind of alternative learning. Uh, accredited, but just saw things in different ways. I uh, I ran ropes courses. I ran Outward Bounds. Um, I ran a grocery store in San Francisco, gourmet grocery mm-hmm. store. You know, I did. I, I studied an enormous amount of Eastern philosophy and religions and clairvoyancy. I did. I just wanted to get to know me, and I wanted to get to know me in a very deep, deep way. I'm a extremely spiritual person, and. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily talk about it a lot, but it is who I am. And I ended up in 1998, after graduating, finally graduating with my bachelor's degree in psych- transpersonal psychology, getting my first job in the digital world. And that is really where my career took off, mm-hmm. even though my life had started and rebooted a few times. And um, in 2000. Right after 9-11 in 2002, <clears throat> excuse me, many of us got laid off in the San Francisco area. It was the dot-com you know, crash, the first one. And uh, my friend and I at that point started an outdoor adventure company, surfing outdoor adventure company. So oh, wow. I was, yeah, I was in the water, yeah. you know, 250, 260 days a year. I had this killer tan, neck up, you know, wrist down because the water in San Francisco is cold. I taught rock climbing, mountain biking, tennis, yeah. mountaineering, but surfing was my main thing. Wow. I, I, I dare say you and I would have been great friends back yeah. then. I'm an avid right. surfer. What was the swell like there? Because in Australia, it hits well, six to eight foot. I mean, Australia is a okay. whole different world. <laughs> Pacifica, you know, if you're lucky, you're, you're, you get a good six foot. But, but nice. Santa Cruz, you get six to eight. Wow. Yeah, so it depends on... I taught at a beach break, and there are point breaks, and, mm. you know, now that I know I'm, I'm talking to a surfer. Oh, wow. Yeah. They call them... Um, young surfers in Australia, they call them grommets. 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 Yeah, love So mm. I love that. I love hearing... When you look at any, you know, wildly successful person, um, you know, albeit in any industry, they've always got a story. And you're, you just reminded me a lot of David Goggins. I don't know if you've heard of him and yeah. you've read his story. And he's going through these tough boot camps. And you just, I was just thinking about him um, going through Death Valley when you were talking. Um, so it's definitely shaped um, the person you are today. So let's get into where you are now. Chief, um, Chief Heart Officer. Yeah. You, love people we know that um people are what makes up the you know the large portion of the company without the people um tony robbins always says that the number one chokehold on any business is the founder and and i think that it comes down to everybody because it's like the founder then you've got the people underneath and it comes down to the people and i'm very big on mindset obviously this is a mental performance podcast what's your view on um on mindset and having you know and your workers and your employees coming in every day with the correct mindset? Well, I'm a big advocate of the growth mindset. Yeah. I mean, even before Carol Dweck coined it, I yeah. mean, it's, it is who I am, and I'm, I naturally gravitate towards people that uh, have that or have an inkling towards that. I think being able to see failure as strength and vulnerability as strength and, and um, possibility and openings like that is something I gravitate towards, and I, I feel like... Is one of the things I love about Vader Media, and especially Gary, because mm. he is a, he is in the business of yes, make no mistake. We you know everything is 
fixable. Mm. And there might be a yes and, but there still is a yes. And so coming in and having the mindset that, you know what, I'm in a team, we are together, I can do this, I'm gonna get support, I can be myself, I can, I can feel safe to come to work and bring it. Mm. These are the things that I think make this community and this culture, you know, flourish. Mm. And it takes enormous amounts of work. I mean, it's, it's not just like a, a day in, day out. Oh, yeah, I wake up today and the culture's great. And I wake up tomorrow and the culture's great. Every single day we're, we're pumping it, I think, full of soul, to be quite honest. I mean, blood, sweat, and tears. And... I have this ability to, through my job, to meet with all employees, whether or not it's on a Zoom, whether or not it's in person, whether or not it's on Slack. And so I'm getting a flavor for where they are Mm. and where their mindset is. And in this room, we can jam on that. We can find possibilities to work and shift their mindset. I mean, it just happened in here today, you know. So that's, you know, everyone's mindset is their own, but I... I believe that the collective here, the collective is that of a growth mindset, is that of a collaborative mindset, is that of a a leadership mindset, quite frankly. The thing I love a lot is that if you... um you know, it, it, just say I was working here and I was working in sales and I came to you and said, you know, Claude, I've been here now 12 months. Um, and just like you, um, I've been here for 12 months and I'm kind of feeling like I really want to get into the marketing side of things. It's not a, the thing I love is that it's not about a, um, you know what, you're not suited here. It's like, great. How can we work with you? And I love that because I, I, um, I worked in, you know, for a corporate company in Australia and we were very much aligned with the fact that we're not hiring you based on your academic skills. Yes. We're hiring you based on what's your heart like because we can, um, you know, you can get the skills, but we're more so like what's your mind and your heart like. Yeah, so skills are commoditized. Like that's not to say that, that people aren't smart, but I mean you can find that. I think that it's about the people and it's about the relationships. And that is what turns me on every single day to come into work, you know. And we are always going to find something, you know, a possibility for that person. If that person wants to shift from project management to production, we'll figure it out. It's not going to be tomorrow, but we will figure it out. You know, and we just ask people to play the long game with us, to have patience and... And patience you know, in what? In, in the company's patience in, vision? Patience in the vision, but patience that we will get them there. What I wanted to actually really pick your brain about is I want to talk about employees as athletes. Okay. Gosh, I'm, <laughs> loving, I'm loving what I you're knew, going. Um, employees as athletes. Now, um, oh with, with NeuroAthletics, what we've done is we've we started working, you know, we're a mental performance agency. We started working with athletes. Now we've gone into the corporate organizations. We've done a six-month um, contract, and what we did was in a – in another corporate organization what we did was we we trained the employees to be like athletes because when I was an athlete I remembered that my goal whether you know it's the same goal everyone has a goal my goal was just to get you know my training done get past the finish line I had to do I had to wake up every day I had to do my rituals I had to show up I had to build my mind I had to work on myself so I could be the best person in my team and that's how I feel like with you know your people here What's your take on that? First of all, I'm, I'm bursting that we're talking about this because I, I feel like as we talk about team, how can it, we talk about team and coaches all day long. That's what, I'm, that's what I talk about. I mean, managers, leaders, coaches, I think that that is so essential in, 
in this type of environment where we are promising people growth and development and at-bats and opportunity. And how can we get them there with coaching? Mm. So I love the idea of an employee as an athlete, be that a team member, like in a team, and also a solo athlete Mm. to some extent. So I was a tennis player, Mm. you know, and, and I was also a soccer player. So I merged both of those things together. But the drive that one needs to have, I think, in order to get into the trenches and be willing to... Uh, you know, go the extra mile to be willing to take down some of your guard and be vulnerable. I mean, athletes, like, Mm. world-class athletes are, they have to have these things in check. You Mm. have to know, like, you can't just be a statue all day. You're not going to get anywhere. So I love the idea of uh, an employee as an athlete and also coach leader guide. Mm. I think that's really, really important. Because uh, I love that you picked up on that because self-evaluation is something that's very big amongst athletes Mm -hmm. and I think that if we can train ourselves every day as employees to self-evaluate how did that call go how did my meeting go how did I feel today at work I felt like shit I don't want to do this today because then tomorrow I'm going to feel like shit as well I'm not going to get my job done Um, do you find that when people come into an organization like this and you know, it feels like you've got to take them on as ch- children. They're like, you're, mm-hmm. you're babies. You've got a thousand people. Uh, wait, what's the well, count? 800, count? Yeah, 800. 800 close to, so, let's yeah. just call it a thousand, yeah. may as well. Um, do you feel like when you come in that you're taking on a lot of their, uh, you know, you're taking, you feel like you're actually taking on their heart and soul as well? Well, I, I'm taking on, that's a really good question. I'm not taking on their heart and soul. I'm taking on their mission. I think it's a little bit different. I'm taking on the fact that they, I know they want to get from point A to point C here because that's just the nature of the organization. They want to get promoted. They want to, you know, we're a culture based on meritocracy, so they want to show that they can, they can be here and they're here for the long run. So I'm in it with them as a coach would be rather than, do I care about their heart and soul a thousand and one percent you know does does it sometimes keep me up at night absolutely but I'm I'm here with them for this moment in time to get to get them grounded and then to really help them like like explode out of here Mm. I don't mean out of here I mean just like explode in their world you know find their their purpose their passion find their energy because Let's face it, you know, day in and day out, day in and day out, you might start to get a little bit like monotony, might be Mm -hmm. a little bit like, really, I have to do this again for the client? It's a little bit different if you're an athlete and you're day in and day out, you're shooting hoops, you're shooting hoops, you're shooting hoops. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. But I do think that I'm with them on their journey. And that's actually what I would say. That's, yeah, I am with them. I mean, I am with them hands down, 100%. That's something that um, I would have loved, you know, going through my um, my time in, in corporate because then you feel safe. Yeah. That's what every employee wants. That is it. People want to feel psychologically and physically safe. Yes. That they can come in here, they can come to VaynerMedia, and they will be heard, they will be received, yes. they will be recognized, and they will be given the growth opportunities. Yeah. Like, we want people to grow. We don't want people to stay stagnant. And one of you know you've been here four times. I think that you can probably feel as you walk in the door so much motion, energy. Yeah, you know, just movement, which yeah. is just I love. You I, know? I feel I, I feel camaraderie when I come here. Everybody's on the same bus. Everybody's on the same mission. 
Um, everyone's on the same bus. Everyone's on the same mission. I love that. All right. I want to talk about you. I want to move away from... Uh, we've talked about you as the uh, chief heart operator. Officer, yeah, officer, yeah. officer. Now I want to talk about Claude Silva because right. you've been on. Uh, God only knows what you've been through to get to here. You just <laughs> celebrated your birthday, yeah. um, and you don't look a day over twenty-five. I've got to say. <laughs> um, but what's been, the, I think, the biggest piece of advice that you've gotten in your life that's actually shaped the person you are today? Yeah. Um, so the biggest piece of advice I've got, I received, was to be confident was to show up actually Mm. was really it and not to be small Mm. and I didn't get that from someone at work I didn't get that from even a mentor I got that from literally just hanging out with this person over a course of a little mini 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 lifetime was a friend and this person kept on saying you know you have to get into the ring you have to show up you have to show up you have to show up and I thought oh okay yeah huh I need to show up and that meant I had to really get super clear about the things that hold me back I can be extremely bashful I have my own limiting beliefs I have my own you know wild things sometimes that come in and then but the fact of the matter is is like I'm I'm playing to my strengths here so there's not a day where I don't feel like I can hit you know a thousand and one ground strokes because Mm -hmm. this is where I'm supposed to be it's what I'm supposed to be doing but to be confident and I think you know I, I didn't do well in academics I wasn't a good student. I was really, yeah, sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I was a poor student, and um, and uh, school and taking tests was really really challenging for me. So, I um, I think the message that I took from that was I was dumb, mm. you know. And so it took me a while to to like excavate that like a cavity, and then be like, okay, you can put that over there. Mm. That goes in the back seat now. Mm. I love what you said with um, the biggest piece of advice, you know, went into being yourself, showing up, but getting past the negativity that you tell yourself. Because I think a big part of success um, and owning who you are is really understanding what are your negative thought patterns? Mm-hmm. How are you talking to yourself? Because we all have it. We can't just wake up and say, I'm perfect. Yeah but we have to work on it so it's like what are you doing and that's where it comes into you know managing your mind managing your brain what are you doing every day to shut down that inner critic so you can be the best person that you can be so you can come into an organization so you can come into the world and build your life ultimately that's what I think it's it's all about yeah. I think that if you and, and you know you, you you touched on this if you can really stay true to who you are that's how you're going to give out more right yeah, that's exactly right. When you are literally standing in your strength and you are and you are coming from that center, mm. then I mean your aim is true. Mm. Like I'm authentically me. I'm not putting on a mask and being someone else every single day or like trying to be like this mathematician because mm. that's not me, you know. And I want to go back to something you said. So I was talking about the outward bound I went on, mm. and the it was very, 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 very challenging, uh, and especially those for that first month as your carrying so much weight and I'm like where am I what did I do what did I sign myself up you know I just would I would pray to break my ankle I would just Mm -hmm. pray that I would break my ankle and get out of there but I had this uh before I got a healthy mantra what I was singing constantly was um nine inch nails had like a hole over and over and over and over again and that's where my mindset was then I was a sleepwalking and b I was in a very this very like dark place of like well, had like a hole like yeah. you know and 
it wasn't until it got one of the guides mm. two weeks in came up to me. It was a female, and she said, "What what is going on here? Like, there's obviously something going on here." And I told her, I told her about the song that was in my mm. head, and she's like, "You need to pick a better song." Yeah, and I don't know what I picked. I mean, I was 19, but I definitely got rid of Nine Inch Nails. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's absolutely And I remember amazing. it. I remember it like it was yesterday. You remember it because it's probably the biggest thing that, that built your mind at the time. Yeah, it did. And I had to be like, all right, come on, let's go, Claude. You're not going to break your ankle. Like, this is it. You are yeah. going to be, you are going to stun yourself. You are going to, and I did. I mean, I ended up doing some incredible things on that trip, you know, whether or not it was, you know, hiking out of the Grand Canyon and on crampons and like, yeah. you know, just wilderness real wilderness things. yes but I think the beauty in that story is you went on this everyone had everyone goes through something in their life you know it, well yeah some people yeah a lot of us do and um the good thing is you can go through the hard yards and then you can come out of it yeah and that's not to say that I didn't have any more hard yards I've no had, I've had a good handful of them yeah but that was the first one to show me that I could come out yeah <clears throat> that I myself my skin and bones had resilience and I could make it out. Mm. And, and that's what I want to do and be. I want to be that person here. Mm. Whether or not that's at, at VaynerMedia, whether or not that's in the world. And someone asked me uh, earlier today, in fact, like, how is it that when I speak, like, how do I, how can I just, like, gosh, Claude, you really, you know, you make people feel at ease. And it's like, well, the answer is clear. Like, there's no difference between me and you. There's no difference between me and Johnny. There's no difference between me and the person on the street. Mm. There just isn't. We're all we're all the same human being. It's it's opportunity. It's choice. It's education. It's family. You know, mental health. Yes, those things come into play. But like, I I know you. You know me. We're humans. Mm. Do you get asked that often? How can I be, you know, how did you get to be to where you are today? Leading, you know, Gary's got such a big voice, such a, you know, people all around the world travel here, you know, and you're building such a big name for yourself and it's amazing. You're getting, you know, I've looked, you know, I found you on um, YouTube, you're speaking at like LinkedIn, Google, a lot of the different, you know, people probably ask you every day. You know, they, they do, and I want to be able to provide something to them. Like, okay, but it's not, I can't just give them a microchip and be like, here you go, because it's about experience. And it's yeah. also about, I think, being will, willing to go through that hero's journey. Yeah. Know, the journey of finding yourself. And if that means, you know, you wind up at, you know, three different ashrams in the course <laughs> of three weeks, because you're just like, what is happening here? Like, then you do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Claude. Have you got any any advice for anybody out there who's dying to come here or even dying to build uh, their perfect, you know, dream um, career? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is really, really hone in on what you love to do, like what you're obsessed to do, because that most of the time is what you're really strong at. So I think... That is one thing I would say. And if you, like, you love painting, like, you love painting, maybe you should be in that world of art. Mm. Maybe you should be in that type of creative role. Like, you love people, like, maybe you should be in the world of chief people officer, cultural officer, a therapist, a teacher. So, I think the first thing is, like, what inspires you? What what turns you on? What do you love doing? All right. Capitalize on that. Play into that. 
because that's the true you. Mm-hmm. You know, show up is also the thing I'm going to just say until I'm, you know, blue in the face. Like, yeah. show up, show up, show up. And if you, even if you show up and you still are shy, you still showed up. Like, look, you're an athlete. Every single day, I'm sure you did not wake up and be like, that's it. I'm putting on my bike shorts and I am going to go hit it for 100 miles. Especially right? even in the winter. I was not like that. Yeah. But yet you showed up. I showed up. You got those bike shorts on and you did it and you became a professional mm-hmm. and a champion. So I, I really just think it's, it's all about, you know, that, that mindset, that motivation that we have, that, that pilot light that we have inside mm-hmm. of ourselves. Like tune in, tune into that and then mm-hmm. turn it on. Something that, um, you know, I'm just going to veer off track because, um, you know, we're coming towards the end, but I just wanted to um, touch on a lot of people around now social media. They look at social media and they they see other people's lives, the highlight reel, and they get mixed up in that because, you know, they're on this path, but then they see something else and they're like, well, she lives, you know, she looks like she's living the best life. You know, she's got the boyfriend, she's got the house, she's got the look, she's got the money and why now I'm over here going through the trenches do you have any advice for people who are struggling with um social guys she's getting out a pen and yeah, I am she's <laughs> getting out a pen and a, a sticky notebook notepad compare equals despair compare equals despair so what does that mean when you compare yourself to another which we do all day long where do you end up heap of s-h-i-t when you compare yourself two things are going to happen oh my god i'm better than them Mm. which is just bullshit Mm. or oh my god their life is so much better than me where you just crawl into a hole Mm. you know and then you know eat yourself into oblivion or whatever you know whatever it is so i'm really i'm passionate about this compare despair and that's the deal with social media. You know, enter at, you got to enter in at your own risk, but you also have to, like, know where the ripcord is, man. Mm. You know, I think. I mean, people can look at me, they can look at Gary, they can look at other people that they appreciate or are inspired by and think that everything is like TikTok. Mm. And it's just not, because life is lived in these micro moments. Life isn't lived on a piece of a photo on my screen. Mm. You know, that's a great moment. That was a great moment. But the micro moments is what makes life up. Like, I'm going to use you again. And I don't I don't know anything about triathlons and Ironmans and Ironwomans. However, I am sure from mile 50 to mile 75 on a bike, you're like, this sucks. Mm. Or you're like, I'm, I'm cruising and you have a song in your head. You know, you got a flat tire. Like, those are micro moments. Mm. But those you put those micro moments together and you became a champion. Mm, I never saw it like that. I love that. Thank cool. you so much for sharing that. Um, now, how can we help you? Where where can we find you? Where can we stalk you? Where can we yeah. harass you? All right. Well, find me on Instagram. I'm <laughs> sure you're going to see a lot of photos of my daughter, which is cool. You'll see some other videos. Find me on LinkedIn. Find me on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Write me. I write everyone back. Uh, I do a podcast every now and then. I just like talk into my microphone, <laughs> and it's like maybe forty-five seconds to two minutes, and it, you know, it might be just blabber to some, but hopefully, it, it has some value to others. Uh, but yeah, please like reach out to me, and I'm stoked. I want to. I want to be of service. I want to be a, 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 a spirit of generosity and inspiration. Claude Silver, you're changing the world one heart at a time. Thank you so much for being part of the Neuro Experience Thank podcast. You.